Are you one of those people that sees life as one big experiment? How does that work? What happens if we do this? What's that over there? Why did that happen? Yeah, me too. This is a podcast about being curious, being willing to give things a try and not settling for the status quo. Sometimes we fly and sometimes we fall, but there's always a lesson to be learned and a good story to tell. So join me, Nathie Gaffney, and my guests as we share stories of how we've turned fuck-ups into features. Life is short, people. I figure, let's just suck it and see. lovelies. Happy New Year and welcome to the first episode of 2022 from Suck It and See. This year, it's going to be a huge one. I'm so excited with the range of guests I have lined up for you to meet in the coming months and for the range of topics we're going to explore, all of course with hope, humour and sass. And I'm kicking off the year with an interview with a woman who embodies all three things. From being diagnosed with one of the worst cases of bipolar disorder her psychiatrist reported ever having seen, to now being an award-winning cabaret, theatre and book writer and performer, I'm delighted to introduce you to my guest, Karen Lee Roberts. How are you, my darling? I'm fantastic and fabulous, Nathie. As you always, as you always have been. You know what I'd love to, you know what I'd love to explore? And and I, I want to get into a little bit of your journey through mental illness and in, into being um, into being sort of such a poster girl for people with disabilities being visible, you know, in the arts, in society. But uh, but I'd love to tap into your your humor. Because since I've known you, since you were about bloody 19 when we met in London back in the bloody early 90s, you've always had this beautiful, big, raucous laugh and a wicked <laughs> sense and a wicked sense of humour. So, um, so tell me about this, this capacity for, for laughter and how important it has been to you in your life. Um, having a sense of humour and not taking yourself too seriously and always looking on the brighter side of life is really important when you're faced with adversity and um, keeping a bit of a a funnier approach to things, even when things go wrong and having an element of laughter in that, making a joke of things Mm. um, when the chips are down, um, making a joke of something that goes wrong, even when you're feeling depressed and down, trying to find humour in things that are going wrong Mm. and trying to lift yourself out of that. I have other techniques that have helped me when I've been depressed. Luckily, I don't get the depression so much anymore because I employ those techniques, but Mm. trying to keep humour when you're feeling that way Um, and with my art, um, I have a lot of, um, humor and comedy in my art because my, my artwork conveys social and emotional messages to educate and entertain. 
that's what my art form is about. And there's nothing more boring than going to the theatre and sitting there for an hour or two hours going, this is so heavy, I want to kill myself or I want to go home and drink a bottle of bourbon and um, <laughs> watch something even heavier on TV mm. afterwards. Mm. Mm. Um, and um, you, you, you need something that's, that breaks the ice and that's light. So I have a series of awkward social situations in my mental wellness cabaret chameleon um, and they're funny and they're eclectic. One of them is about a comment you made to me, Nathy. Really? Yes, you feature in my oh, cabaret shit. community. Oh, shit. I won't tell you right now what it is, but it's a comment you once made to me um, and I've kept hold of that and that features in my cabaret chameleon. It's a funny thing. You well, I'm going to have to come to bloody Adelaide and see it. <laughs> Uh, that, that, and uh, so your humour has has seen you through some of the darkest times. Absolutely. Um, and, you know, when I referred to at the top of the, the, the episode, you know, you're one of the bravest women I know. In the 20-plus in the years that we've known each other, Jesus, oh, actually 30, 30 years that we've known each other, um, there's there's been times when we didn't collectively we didn't think that Karen was going to make it you know we weren't going to we weren't going to see your next birthday and yet you've just defied the odds if anyone is a phoenix Karen Lee Roberts phoenix uh it's it's been you but i wonder if you would um if you would talk us through a little bit of the trajectory of your your illness and um and how funnily coming off a lot of the medication has actually helped you to repair. Um, I wonder if you'd share that with us. Yeah, so I had problems as a child and none of those were diagnosed. Um, my parents took me to doctors and specialists and um, were told that I was, as they referred to it in those days, retarded and was rejected from schools and things. Um, my parents later on sent those schools copies of my TE score, which was 960 out of 990, top 3% of the state, and said to them, this is the girl that you told us was retarded at the time and rejected from your school. Um, and... Um, they sold up and took us to America and travelled around and I got a bit better and then in high school I presented with more issues and was very emotionally disturbed. Then when I was a bit older and I'd left school, I studied acting for a little bit and then left, went to Sydney I got involved in drugs and things and I was really self-medicating. Mm. Um, and when I was in London, which was successful for me in some ways, I did a West End musical. I sang jazz and blues around London and mm. I was doing what I loved. But I, I saw you in hair. 
<laughs> you did. You saw me take all my clothes all off. All your clothes off. And there they were, those big boobies right out there in front, looking the most magnificent set on the stage, can we just call it? <laughs> um, and then I was taking a lot of drugs. I was under all of that. I was very unwell. Mm. And I had a severe manic episode. And my brother was over in London and he wrote to my parents and told them that something was going on. They flew me back to Australia and I was admitted to the Prince of Wales Hospital in Sydney. And Professor Gordon Parker down there said that I had the worst case of bipolar that he'd ever seen. I remember that, yeah. From then on, I had about 20 years of hospital admissions, shock treatment, um, involuntary treatment orders, um, some interesting things like climbing on the top of the roof of the hospitals, answering taxis naked, um, doing crazy things like that because I was just so unwell. Um, I was in and out of hospital. I was in hospital more than I was out. Um, I went under the management of doctors who weren't managing me properly mm. and were over-medicating me mm. and had me on a strict regime of shock therapy, ECT. Mm. And um, I was very, very unwell. Um, I was trying to do what I could and I was trying to do singing and I was writing and um, I was um, trying to get on with my life. I was always remaining positive. Yeah. Um, I was always immaculately dressed. I would sing for patients in hospital. I would do gigs when I was out of hospital. Mm. Um, but I, I was very, very unwell and my parents were told I wouldn't live past the age of 40. Gee whiz. And um, they were preparing for that. My parents were amazing through everything. They were my rocks. Um, I had a relationship with a woman in Melbourne and she gave me my little dog, Samson, and... Um, she just, I was so ill, she she couldn't look after me anymore and she had to send me back to my parents with, with my little dog. And I didn't understand any of that that was going on. I was too sick to comprehend things. And then one day my doctor went away and I was put under a locum. And he and a GP conferred and decided I was toxic. And I was taken off a lot of the medication I was on. The shock treatment stopped. And suddenly it was like a cloud had lifted from me. And I could see colour for the first oh. time in years. It was, in, it was incredible. Colour? Colours for the first time in years. It was incredible. I, I had not seen colours like this. And um, I was lucid and I had a cognitive 
state returned to me for the first time in in over more than a decade more than more than 15 years and um i could communicate effectively and i wasn't as drowsy anymore mm. and i was suddenly i was well and the change in me was just remarkable and my parents and i were just shocked by this and we were so excited and we saw my gp and the the four of us talked and we said we've got to get me away from my regular psychiatrist mm. and my GP, her husband was a child psychiatrist and knew of this other psychiatrist and I left the fellow I was seeing mm. and went to this new psychiatrist, Dr. John Paul Koo, who I see now and he has been absolutely amazing. He's got me on a better regime of drugs. Um, I started exercising, mm -hmm. which is so important, wow. and I release serotonin and endorphins in my brain, and I never, ever get the depressive side of my illness anymore, ever. I only get occasional highs. Mm. Um, oh, wow, that's a high-quality problem. <laughs> absolutely. Oh, I don't mind getting manic. I'm just happy and happy and happy. <laughs> Um, and um, I think I've had three admissions in the last 11 years um, and two of those have been for drug changes mm. and um, I'm, I'm well and I'm, I'm kicking all these goals in my career and I'm doing what I love mm. and I found love. I've, I've got a partner in my life. We had our commitment ceremony this year and um, I'm just, I, I wake up every day um, so happy and so grateful and feeling so blessed that I'm alive and I'm living and I'm achieving and I'm doing what I love in life and I'm just happy and I'm, 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 I'm just, I'm just happy. Yeah, I can and see you. You're just, you're just glowing. And I mean, there's been so, so, so many reasons why you could have and justifiable reasons why you could have given up the fight. Um, I, I could have, yes. And I... Uh, and I go back, and and, and I would I'd love you to to um to share this these these creative things. I, I know that you've um that you've written um a one woman show about your uh experience. Chameleon is a one woman show. Yes, of course, with your brilliant pianist Jeff Usher. Um, but I'd love to just go backwards a little bit because I remember you talking to me about Wilbur the Optical Whale. And I remember you reading me that story because it's all um, rhyming. It's a it's a it's a rhyming story, and and you wrote that 
years and years and years ago. So what's been the life cycle of where Wilbur the Optical Whale has come from and, 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 and where is he now? Well, I wrote Wilbur the Optical Whale on a not so lucid evening when I was 19, let's just say. We don't tell the kids that one. No. I tell the kids a little bit of a different story. About well, if it was good enough for Lewis Carroll, darling, it's good enough for you. <laughs> Absolutely. So I tell the kids I wrote that after being bullied when I was younger. And I did write it because I'd been bullied when I was younger. But I wrote that when I was 19 years old. And I'm with a theatre company called Indelibility Arts which is the first professional theatre company for people with disabilities in Queensland. Mm. And they have been amazing for me. They mm. are incredible. Kat Hebbard and Rebecca Roberts, who run that, are just, they have been incredible. They have taken me from strength to strength. Mm. And they um, approached me and said, we'd like to do a children's show and we'd like to use one of your books and I said what about Wilbur the Optical Whale and they said sure so we started developing it in the um in the rehearsal room and they employed a dramaturg Elise Gregg and we worked on the script and we we teamed up with a company called Flipside Circus mm -hmm. which is an able-bodied um circus troupe um, which is well-known here in Brisbane. And um, we created the most fabulous show. It is immersive and it is completely, um, what's the word I'm looking for, um, um, interactive and um, um, friendly to people with disabilities. Uh, inclusive. So, inclu inclusive. That's the word I'm looking for, inclusive. So um, anyone who um, – we welcome people who, for, with, with any type of disability. If kids have Asperger's or ADHD or anything and they're running around madly and coming up to us on stage – and talking to us while we're trying to deliver our lines. Really? We just go with it and we answer their questions and then get back into the show and re-deliver our lines. They come up onto the stage, run around on the set when COVID permitting. Yep, of course. But we have little tents at either side of the stage that they can chill out in with headphones and games and stuff. In one session, one of the kids spent half his time riding the escalators outside of the show and half his time inside the show and said it was the best show he'd ever seen. Um, they can do whatever they want in the mm. shows. And because of that, we won the Innovation Award at the Adelaide Fringe last year. Oh. And we also won the weekly um, award the John Chataway Award um, last year as well. So we won two awards at the Adelaide Fringe last year. Wow. Um, and um, 
We did um, a season at the Brisbane Festival this year. Yeah. We did a season at RPAC. Mm -hmm. We toured Far North Queensland this year mm -hmm. with it. We're taking that to um, Perth next year. We're taking it to the Adelaide Fringe again next year. We're touring more Far North Queensland next mm -hmm. year. Um, it has just taken off and it is our most successful show within Delability Arts. That is it has been incredible. And now a word from our sponsors. Life can get hectic when you're down. You've traded in your smile for an unbotoxed frown. Ditch the blues, tune on in. I'm sure you will agree when life hands you lemons. Just suck it and see. Yeah. So, folks, we're back from our little uh, commercial break, which was, you know, very nice. I managed to have a wee. Karen had a cup of tea. Uh, but so <laughs> we're, we're back here talking about the amazing life uh, and, and career and artistic vision of Karen Lee Roberts. And, and I, I want to talk, Karen, about now your, your creative venture where you've wrapped up the story of your life and your journey through mental illness into, um, into a show. So please tell us a little bit about Chameleon. So Chameleon is a show about mental wellness mm. rather than mental illness. Nice. And it's about rising above adversity, beating the odds, and about how you can maintain mental wellness through certain strategies in life and um, rise above adversity and um, stay stable mm. and, and the fact that there is a light at the end of the tunnel for people. Mm. and that it can be done. So mm -hmm. it loosely follows my journey. Mm -hmm. There are a few things out in there, like a sex scene with a cardboard cutout, not to <laughs> do a spoiler alert. Since COVID came in, it had to be a cardboard cutout. Before then, it was a person from the audience. <laughs> not a, you, didn't get a blow, you didn't get a blow up doll. No, we, we opted for a cardboard cutout. <laughs> so so is, that, is, that saying, is that saying your lover is two-dimensional? Yes, basically. <laughs> um, and um, um, it, it follows um, a series of different um, vignettes Mm -hmm. that shows ways to maintain this mental wellness. So there's a party scene where I discuss things with people at the party, friends and co-workers about speaking the truth because I believe speaking the truth about things to be an important part of mental wellness and having those conversations that people are often too scared to do when it comes to mental health and mental wellness people are too scared to talk about it people i know who suffer from bipolar disorder or schizophrenia or depression often don't tell other people because they're too worried about the stigma of it 
or how they're going to be um, treated after they've told people about their diagnosis mm. and whether they're going to be judged by other people. And um, this is a terrible thing for people to live in fear of revealing their diagnosis for fear of being criticised by society. And I think we need to speak the truth. So there's this wonderful party scene, which you're a, a, um, a feature in, Nathie, which I talked about before, <laughs> a funny little vignette with you in it. Um, um, and um, um, there's this party scene. Then I go on to a, a munching med scene, which is about um, a woman who goes off all her medication and becomes very unwell from not taking her medication because too many people go, oh, I'm okay, I don't need to take my medication anymore and they become very unwell. And it's a matter of managing your medication, maybe reducing the amount that you're taking and finding a regime that better suits you. Mm. And it's a scene about all that. So it's a little bit darker and very emotional with the the um, journey that she goes on. Mm. Then there's this dating scene and what I do with the audience is um, we offer a, a pre-poll, a pre-show poll and they get to choose the journey of Alexandra, the character in the show and they get to choose who she meets in the show and which scenes play out in the show whether I meet a gym junkie or a foodie named Philip and whether I go on a date with a girl or a guy. Wow. And, um, and according to what they choose is what I do in the show. That's extraordinary. Um, and I go on a date and then we have this awkward moment in the show, <laughs> this little sex scene. And, um, and then the last scene is a scene where um, we take you back to the opening scene where I'm contemplating doing something very harmful to myself and I, um, I decide to overcome it with exercise. And there's this fabulous exercise scene with a beatbox wrap in it that Jet beatboxes to. And... Um, I show the power of exercise and how you really can overcome depressive symptoms with doing vigorous cardio exercise and increasing the endorphins in your brain. And this is from my experience of going through that where I was actually feeling suicidal at one stage and I decided to go for a run and I got myself out of that state of feeling like it was all going to be over and I did exercise and I got the endorphins and the serotonin going in my brain and I overcame it and I picked myself up and out of that depressive state and mm. overcame it. Mm. and all these things in the show is just a snapshot of things that you can do to overcome mm. 
depressive and manic and um, ang- anxious symptoms yeah. and maintain mental wellness. Mm. And when I do the show, I have so many people come up to me from the audience afterwards and say to me either they can relate to the show themselves or they know people who suffer from mental health issues that they can identify with through the show. Mm. And if I touch just one person from doing the show, then it's all been worthwhile. And I do touch people with the show and it makes a difference mm-hmm. and it, it makes it a really meaningful and worthwhile show to do. Mm. It's, um, your, I mean, your story, you're talking uh, about, uh, and, and, and I want to get on to indelibility arts in, in a moment, this notion of, I mean, your journey has been extreme and yet the, some of the, you know, the messages that you share within Chameleon apply not only to your own situation, but, I mean, God, in the, in the, the space that, that I work in, you know, able-bodied, you know, corporate people all suffering from, you know, a lack of mental wellness due to overwork and high productivity and super efficiency and working from home and all of this sort of stuff. And so your show is a lot more far-reaching than just, you know, people who have a mental illness. It's, it's, a, show, it's a show for everyone. And, and I guess I, I have this question. Do you think that your capacity to share, to infuse your message and your, and your shows and your writing with with humour and, and, and everything that you talked about before is like seeing the lighter side of a dark situation. Uh, do you think that this is in part helping to n- normalise people with disabilities operating in an able-bodied world for people who don't understand it and, and, might, and might feel kind of fear simply because they don't, simply because they haven't been exposed to it? I think definitely it does because it puts people at ease. It relaxes people. Yeah. They see a bit of humour or, yeah. or are exposed to a bit of humour. Yeah. They laugh. Yeah. They can relax. They, say, they, they feel, oh, I'm, I'm allowed to have a joke with this person. Yes. They're not as scary. This situation isn't as scary as I once thought. Um, the, the whole content of my show has comedic aspects to it all the way throughout mm. and the things I say in it mm. have funny elements to it. It's like you're giving people permission to laugh with you. Absolutely, with me, not at me, mm. but with me. And I mm. laugh at myself. Yes. So that's the good thing about it as well. I don't take myself too seriously. Mm. Yeah. And they can see that that I'm not – you get a lot of people who are disabled who go on about, oh, ableism and these able-bodied people who, who say that we are, are poor people because we're disabled and we 
we we we should stand up to these able ableist people and mm. and I'm I'm not like that. I don't see it as abled people and disabled people. We're all just people. And I I have a, a disability and I'm aware of that and I know my limitations because of that. And I'm not um I'm not ashamed of that, mm. but I don't see a huge gap between people who are able-bodied and disabled, and I don't see this ableist thing and this disabled, mm. this disabled concept. Mm. And I want to bridge that gap. Mm. And it's like in Wilbur the Optical Whale. It's about bullying mm. and um, difference. And that's not a show for people who are disabled to go and see and learn about and for the people who are able-bodied to go and learn about how they bully people who are different. It's for everybody to go to and for people to come together and learn and that's, that's what Indelibility Arts is mm. about inclusivity and people learning from things and and using elements like humor and empathy mm. and emotion to deliver those messages mm. it's a, it's this this notion of and and I'm a huge advocate for laughter as medicine you know absolutely it, it's it, you I can't get enough of that shit just give me give me a big a big deep rolling belly laugh any day any day of the week and and you and I have shared many of them uh, <laughs> over the years big rolling belly laughs and and long may they continue uh, Karen I would love for you to tell our listeners a little bit um, as as we wrap this up a little bit of where they can find you where we can find your work um, because I think that the light that you shine out into the world, more people need to be able to bask in. So where can where can my listeners find you, Karen Lee Roberts? Okay, so um, everything is on my website, which is karenleeroberts.com, and we are going to, and I've got a Facebook page, Karen Lee Roberts, or Karen Lee Roberts Creative. Um, I think I'm on Instagram and Twitter. Um, I'm not really across all those things very well. Oh, God, are any of us, darling? <laughs> a little bit along in the tooth at the ripe old age of 50 stroke 75 for all that. Um, but um, um, we are taking um, – I'm, I'm, my next gig is performing for International Day of People with a Disability where I'm doing a speech talking about overcoming barriers and I'm doing two songs from my show and singing Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, complete with antlers and a nose. Fantastic. Love it. Can't get enough of that. And um, then we're taking Wilbur the Optical Whale to Perth in January for the per for Fringe World. 
Then I'm doing awkward conversations, which is where um, I sit down with a cup of tea with different people and they have what could be construed as an awkward conversation with me about my bipolar experiences. Wow. Um, and where, where, does that, where does that happen? Is that on stage or is um, that? It's at QUT um, Gardens Point Precinct mm-hmm. and it's in a little, um, little tent around there. How fantastic. And um, then I'm doing a performance. So that's on the 15th, 10th and 11th of February. Oh. And then I'm doing a performance on the, the, th- the Friday, I think, of that, um, of that season. And then in March, I go to Adelaide to perform Chameleon. I got an Adelaide Fringe Artist Fund grant to take that down there. And then um, we are doing Wilbur straight after Chameleon down at Adelaide Fringe. Then in April, we kick off our Queensland tour of Chameleon again. We got funding to tour Chameleon again with our tour. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Chameleon has been picked up by our tour to tour in 2023. So I did a pitch recently and I've had eight different locations contact me with expressions of interest about touring Chameleon in 2023, which is so exciting. Karen, you have got a very full dance card. I tell you what, I pretty much got in at the right time, didn't I? Because, you know, give it it another bloody month and you'll be too too busy to talk to me. You'll be like, talk to my manager, darling. (laughs) And and Lucinda Shaw, an artist from Brisbane, and James Halloran, another artist from Brisbane, and I, we're hoping to do a show called Sex and Other Philosophies, which will be really interesting. And I've just put in two grant applications and I hear back on the 2nd of December about one of them and another one on the 15th of February. So fingers crossed we fingers, get money. Fingers and toes, darling. And your eyes and your teeth. And eyes and uh, eyes and teeth and, you know, to, to twist a few pubic hairs together to cross them. <laughs> anything, anything you can reach that you can cross, darling, it's all crossed for you. <laughs> Well, lovelies, the absolutely uh, happy epilogue to this fabulous episode with Karen Lee Roberts is that she did indeed uh, receive the Access Arts Achievement Award of $10,000 to fund sex and other philosophies, the development of her new show, and they go into production for that this year. She's off to the Adelaide Fringe Festival in March uh, with Fringe Grant funding and uh, and also a performance of Wilbur the Optical Whale. They're heading to Perth and Brisbane in February, more touring of regional Queensland for you Queenslanders out there. And, uh, and they're also going to Perth when uh, when when Perth opens up. So I couldn't be more delighted for the success that Karen Lee Roberts is achieving with her absolute uh, determination to turn mental illness into a conversation and a movement 
around mental wellness. So lovelies, I'm going to be putting all Karen's uh, contact details into the show notes for this episode. Of course, you can find me, uh, well, here you are, you found me on the podcast, Suck It and See, but you can also follow me on Instagram, nathie.gaffney, and you can also become a Suck It and See insider by checking out our Facebook group. So uh, until next time, ciao, ciao for now, my lovelies.